0: Hey what's good people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 129. I do this dive. Boys of MC. What's good? Strap in. <laughs> episode starts right now. <laughs> That was that was that was loud. <laughs> no, that's kind of sick though. I like that intro. <laughs> so, ask and ask and ask and you shall receive. Because for me, I gotta give the people what they want. I've got to give the people, give the people what they want.
1: What up, Dive? What's good, man? How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. Yo, you took this trip for me. You took this trip from downtown to the South Bay
1: yeah well i don't live downtown i just had no. i had to go downtown and then i had to come back i hate going downtown man yeah yeah what is it what's today tuesday
0: yeah i think so yeah
1: week weekdays going downtown like i can't do it and then weekends now they got the games back so it's just
0: yes listen guys if you do not like guests who do not know what day of the week it is because we're so into our fucking shit right now this might not be your episode <laughs> So um, you a L.A. product?
1: Am I from from L.A.? Yeah. No, I'm from this kind of like small, big town in Washington State called uh, Wenatchee. Okay. Yeah, Wenatchee, Washington. So it's like the very center of Washington State. And then I, like, born and raised out there, um, ended up living, like, I went to school in eastern Washington, so I stayed on the kind of like central east side of Washington. And then I moved to Seattle, and I was there for like two years trying to do music, and then, but I've been out here in l a now for like three and a half years, only three and a half years, yeah, bro it feels like ten oh, like man. which is weird, like to say only three and a half 'cause I feel like I've been here so much longer, like the last few years have just been going on for forever, you know,
0: no, nah, no doubt I gotta tell you, um, this place does make you feel like you've been here longer than you were,
1: yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it, uh, especially I, with the whole COVID thing, you know, because that that one year alone felt mm-hmm. like a couple years. Yep,
0: we just said COVID. We got, we just got,
1: <laughs> dude. We just got
0: flagged. <laughs> we just said COVID. Um, so you are an MC. You are. Your freestyle game is, is fierce. And um eventually, as we go through this podcast, I'm uh, I'll put some stuff up because I thought it was fun. Particularly okay. the thing you did with the rock. I thought that oh, was okay, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Thanks. So I guess for the people who appreciate performance and especially particularly in the field of hip hop,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who um who did you grow up listening to?
1: So I'm, a, so I'm 26. I was okay. I was born in 95. I I listened to, I mean, I listen to a lot of, like, you know, old school, like, 90s. Like, you know, you got, like, obviously Ice Cube, Method Man, um, and then even, uh, and, uh, you know, N.W.A. and Snoop Dogg, all that. But when I s- started getting older, like, kind of, like, towards, like, middle school, going into high school, that's when I started listening to, like, more like Drake and Lil Wayne and J. Cole. Like, J. Yeah. J. Cole was probably... The most influential artist to me when when I was growing up, because um, we got put on to him like me and one of my best friends got put on to him in like 2009, and that was like right as J. Cole kind of dropped like the warm up and some of his earlier projects that people don't know, and I was like, yo, who is this? guy? Because like I love I loved lyrics growing up like that was my favorite thing, so that's so why I like Drake, I like Lil Wayne, um, Eminem, you know, like people who had like outstanding lyrics. And then when Jay Z came in, like his storytelling was to me was just phenomenal. So that was a huge inspiration to me growing up. And then obviously Kanye, like Kanye is one of my favorite artists still. But
0: that's dope. Um, for me, cause I'm a little bit older, and I ain't, I'm 51. I'm not I'm not gonna be like none of y'all business. <laughs> when you're good looking, 51 is everybody's business. But um. Or or ugly looking thirty five. We talked about before the podcast, right? I'm yeah. Thirty. I look like a thirty five year old creepy dude. But me growing up, I'm east. I'm on the other side of the country, so it was really like Run DMC, mm-hmm. right? Rock box, um, Houdini, Friends. You know, Friends. Like how many of us too. have them? Yeah. Like you saw that Snoop commercial. That's that was that was the original. About. That was Houdini. Yeah. Um, and Houdini and. And Run DMC, they were popular in Florida, too, as well as New York. But but if I want to get into some real like New York stuff, i would say Big Daddy Kane. Okay. He's just he his he the man does tongue pushups. He's lyrically gifted. He doesn't. I don't Yeah, I mean, because it's weird, because before I could appreciate freestyle rapping, yeah. l- like freestyling, um, which is something you you become acclimated sooner because it was popular when you came up with your age group. I'm like, how many takes? That dude have to do in the studio to not trip over his words, but he was just like that. He was good like that, you mm-hmm. know. Big Daddy Kane, you know, as soon as he's like, as soon as I pick up the microphone and some blah, blah blah blah, and he's like, uh, uh, coughing couldn't stop me from going. I was just like, what? Did you <laughs> just coughed and it's like coughing couldn't stop me from? I going. haven't seen that video. Uh, Slick
1: Rick, okay, yeah, um, Slick
0: Rick. Tribe Call Quest, yeah, everybody. I, well, basically everyone from the Native Tongues crew, De La Soul, um yeah, it's pretty uh, light. Tribe Call Quest could go light or deep, you know. um, I thought, um. Fife was um, not known for his freestyle, but um, Q Tip. Yeah, Q Tip was a nasty. Q-tip was a nasty freestyle. Of freestyles. freestyles. Yeah.
1: So there's two different types. Like there's freestyles where educate pe- the audience where people have like like pre-written stuff, but they freestyle over different beats. But it's already kind of pre-written, and they have some verses that they pre-wrote. And then there's freestyles where it's just they've never heard the beat. They don't like they nothing's pre-written, and they just like literally as they're going. Freestyle. That's my personal favorite kind of freestyle. Yeah, I uh, like the unwritten. And like, it's it's crazy. It's like some. It's like with anything. Like if you're like an athlete or like whatever you do. Like you just have some days where you do really well, and then some days where you do really bad. You know, like you could be like a professional basketball player and have a game where you, you can still you suck. miss every single shot. Yeah, but you're still a professional basketball player. Right. And then you have a game where you drop fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I feel like that's similar with freestyle because it's just kind of like a. I feel like it's all mental. Like, everything boils down to, like, being mental. Like, are you in the mental headspace where you're, like, feeling good? Like, everything's going well. And so that's, that, that's my personal kind of favorite freestyling. But.
0: Let's see what someone said. Okay, I can't read that comment yet. So right. We'll, we'll check it out later. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, we're doing, for the people listening on audio, we're doing, like, a, of something I call a video hook. We're doing, like, a live hook on my on just my personal facebook account
1: oh okay um
0: yeah because i can't do the other one
2: <laughs>
0: i might i might use this episode to out them a little bit if we go that route but right but right now i just want you know because um it's volleyball heavy and this rare occasion i get to have cool dudes like you on and i just want to keep it about you a little bit so yeah the two types of freestyle and I think Eight Mile Eminem did a really good job showing people that, like he had his little rhyme book and he was just writing bits here, right? Like bits and that was there. the first
1: kind of freestyle I was, yeah. I was, I was talking about. But uh-huh. they do like he did a little bit of the second type in there. But when you're like battling, you know, you like it's more like taking notes, like what things I want to talk about or like rhymes I could be doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, but then some of it he he really presented and showed that it was like off the dome of like what he was wearing or like. Yeah. You know, whatever. So I feel like that incorporated both types. And that's kind of what battle rapping is. It's like you come yeah. in with a few things you want to say. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this, because like you already know something about them or whatever. And then you had, and then there's things that are situational, like in the moment, what they're wearing, how they're standing, yeah. their verse they just did or whatever. And so when you can bring both in for battle rapping, like battle rapping is like a whole different beast. Yep. Mm. Yeah, look, t- the tank top. I forgot what he said about the tank top.
0: He said, "Lord, I think you were a little hard with the beaver. So was Eddie Haskell, Wally, and Mrs. Cleaver, All right? The screaming, sounding paranoid, with the rah rah re rah. That was it. I don't I know hear any of those. No, is that a tank that. top or a new bra? Look, yeah. Snoop Dogg's got a fucking boob
2: job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. cool. I dude. haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. Well, but I remember when I was I was younger when it came out. Cause I don't remember what year it came out. Um, but I remember being younger and I saw that and I was like damn I want to go up and rap and yeah. body somebody like my and friends and I would freestyle on like the buses to like basketball games or whatever and like we would be like freestyling and like battle rapping and stuff just yeah. for fun and
0: And time timeline wise Eminem couldn't have been born and grew up in a, in a better situation. Oh yeah. Like if you if like I'm not going to hang on this movie for the whole episode but mm-hmm. but you start man you start a movie playing Mob Deep shook ones people gonna pay attention yeah you know because shook ones uh the first verse was freestyle a lot of people don't know that he did that, oh really he did that one take and then fixed on it the or movie? whatever yeah damn that's crazy i don't know if that was prodigy or the other dude but um yeah um not no not for the movie for the um for the song shook ones
1: oh okay okay shook ones um wasn't yeah. that on the, on the on the movie yeah it okay, was the yeah. intro it
0: was the first part of the movie
1: but did they write it for the movie no Oh, okay. No, nah,
0: it was something that they used, but the original, when they originated the song, when okay. they were making the song, that first verse was first was a first tape. Damn. So, um and what was it? Funk Master Flex had three albums. Funk called Master Sixty Flex. Minutes of Funk. Yeah. Right. And the for the whole 60 minutes it was old school and rappers were coming in freestyle, sixty seconds. Yeah. So mob deep. Was there uh, Q-Tip did it the, for the first one for, Bro, volume, those, one, those early for funks, volume one for volume one Funk Flex yeah tapes volume one right. it was ninety six Q-Tip. Um, Method Man Mace was really, really new. He was he was new to the rap game. This is before he had to hide for five years from the mob. Um
1: Wasn't Jay Z on one of those?
0: Jay Z was on the ninety seven one. Okay. Yes, trying yeah. to indirectly affect me directly. Be be careful what you wish for. Shit it get raw. Yeah, he was yeah, that <laughs> sounds like you know a lot a more about nasty. the older stuff than I do. So that was Jay Z did a freestyle, uh, Nas. Did, yep. Mind you, this is ninety seven. This is before yeah. like these people are already popular where I live, but yeah, the, the, I was um, like two years old. They started, but they started to well. Jay Z had sustainability, right? it's
1: Jay
0: Z, yeah. But it's I don't know. Just some people just have that. It like LL Cool J had a sustainability. Mm-hmm. Rhymes of the month from the source for twenty years, <laughs>
2: you know. Right.
0: Uh, and well, n- I want to ask you a question, but I want to say this about LL. LL, anyone who called him out, it was a kiss of death. Everybody who's called him out is out of the rap game. Um, it was only a year like I remember hearing a lot about it. Kumo though. D called him out. Uh, um and L did one rhyme, gone. Ice T, you know, said something about him. L you know, said a rhyme back, gone. S Tira. Um, Cannabis, who's one of the best freestylers, called him out. LL did one rap song about him. Two years later, Cannabis is uh looking at a freaking rhyme book in a freestyle battle, which got him booed, by the way. Um, that was on youtube
1: damn mm-hmm. he looked and, at a book during a battle yeah he's
0: like do you want to hear this or not and everyone's like boo and i'm just like damn that's how he and it's crazy damn. because the video the way they did the youtube video they made it look like he was going out like that but i think i don't know i just think there was something more to that i think he was probably freestyling the whole weekend and and he had some he had some ideas he wanted to share and that's All where right. i think it was going but they made it look like
2: well, you know, it's yeah. more publicity, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah.
0: what made me really um, intrigued about Eight Mile was that I saw the behind-the-scenes thing mm-hmm. where Eminem was lip-singing to save his voice or whatever. But the guys who they 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 auditioned to um, freestyle against him, they just got real personal, and he just turned the mic back on. He's like, "Hold up, you know, um, you ain't gonna get away with that." And then, boom, off the top of his head, so now. Everyone who's Damn. doing the scene that was like that didn't that if you didn't have respect from before, there's oh it's just some white dude I could say some rhymes. Mm-hmm. This dude turned the mic on fresh and just boom, 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 like you said, off Damn. the top of his, his head. Body. So, just nasty. And that's why he's he's top three of all time. Who's your top three?
1: I feel like it varies. I know. Based on like every year like I'm <laughs> I'm listening to different people. Oh, like okay. like, Jake was still one of my favorite artists, but like I don't listen to him as much as I as I I used to play him all the time, but I don't listen to him as much anymore. So like every year, I feel like I'm listening to different. It's hard to say who the top three is, Um in no order. There you go. Like, I mean Drake has to be in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, he. Of in, course. He's years. he's he's too good, you know. Like everything he puts out, like like sells around the entire world. He's like one of the most known names in the world. It's like Drake. He plays yeah. everywhere. Okay. And then, and like, plus his, his music's good. Like he's always got bars. He's always, yeah, I know there's a lot of discussion on like whether or not he's Ghost Riders or whatever. And I don't know if he does. Doesn't
0: matter. I didn't say top Doesn't, three freestylers. Right. Said, I said top three hip hop artists.
1: Yeah. So, and like, mm. even if you go back to his older stuff, normally when you go back to people's older stuff, sometimes there's like, they're like, oh yeah, this is a crazy good album. But then there's a couple like, okay, you could tell he was just starting out. Like, all of his older stuff is, like, crazy good. His new stuff is crazy good. And, I mean, it might be repetitive sounding, but it's good, you know? So, Drake has to be in that discussion. Yeah. Kanye is, like, top three for sure. Oh, genius. Like, his music is crazy. I, personally, was not a big fan of Donda, the that that album. Okay. Um, And I will go to bat for Kanye like, all of his albums. My personal favorite album is Life of Pablo. Okay. Which I feel like is a very underrated album. But that album to me is just the most beautiful, like well written. Like some of my favorite top Kanye songs are on that album, and like that that album to me like spoke to me the most. And I feel like that's the cool part about music is like people like to be very objective during a subjective approach, because they get asked like, "Oh, what's your favorite album?" And then they're like, "Oh, well, the, his best album was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," you know. I mean, because it, it you know or or. or 808 Heartbreaks or like or College Dropout because that's like the objective thing to say because everyone's saying that like oh my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy it was like and then what it went one album of the decade so they're like yeah this his you know objectively best album I'm like no but like what's your favorite album you know like what hits stocks you the most and I don't know why Life of Pablo didn't hit like it, it should have but like I listened to that on repeat when it came out like, like every single day you did a
2: loop yeah and then I told my I told my boy
1: Hop uh, who's one of my producers, I was like, because he listened to it once. And it's one of those where you listen to it once and like you might not be there for it, but then you listen to it again, and you're like, oh, okay. And you listen to it another time, another time, another time, and then all of a sudden it's like on my top, on my top place. So I'd say, you know, Kanye, Jake, um, Drake, and then I I gotta put J. Cole in there too. Okay. Cause J. Cole is when when you listen to some like the way he details stuff and the way he describes things are just beyond so many different imaginable approaches because some people like hit hit things direct they're like oh because this is this and this is that and then he'll get there but i'm like a roundabout way to describe something in just like a really unique way and his detail and like oh my like his his flow is just so good too and it's been changing. Wow. It's been changing. So So
0: you said Kanye, Drake.
1: And Jay Cool. And Jay
0: Cool. Yeah. I like that.
1: That's gotta be my top three.
0: I go Jay Z, number one all time
1: jay-z is amazing um
0: after i do my three we gotta we gotta do some honorable mentions because
1: okay like, oh, I oh like, yeah yeah, yeah right?
0: i don't feel like we're being disrespectful no not at all not at Cause all because like jay-z is like besides elite athletes rappers that are some of the most sensitive fucking cats i've ever met <laughs> in my life i'm like relax go go to the gym and work out i only see a six pack instead of eight dude what the fuck you doing so um i go jay-z all time period I mean yeah. yeah we could arrange the top 3 however we want on the top the 5. he had like number 10 one, solo platinum. Album, number 1 sorry, Yeah and and it's because uh he he went from ain't no nigga right to um you ever saw you ever heard that song? Oh my god. I remember yes. It, yeah. The first chance they crack the bank they try but all they get is 50 cent
1: francs and papayas. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And, and see, then that, you you grew up in a generation though where yeah. like Jay-Z like Jay-Z was coming up.
0: Yes. So you, I have a bigger appreciation for
1: that. Yeah, and I mean, I look, love Jay Z, but but that's why there's no wrong. answer. J. Cole answer. was my coming up artist. That's what was my, but that's
0: why there's no wrong answer. Exactly. You become a prisoner of the moment, and at that time, your assessment or your assertion of who you think is top three is honest. It comes mm-hmm. from honesty. And it's like, but you just said came too. from a real place. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be like fuck you. Jay Z's better than him. I'm not doing that. Right. We, right. Ain't, we ain't doing that here. So I go Jay Z. Um, I go Eminem. Okay. Um, because of his sustainability and his ability to be like, this looks like a job for me to, to uh, you know, you're gonna love me, <laughs> Right? That that song with Eminem, yeah, on his album, yeah, yeah, gotta get. I mean, and and um. You just woke me up because I was gonna go old school deep on you. I was gonna go KRS One from Boogie Down Productions. Oh damn! Because he he the first time he touched a mic he was nine years old and he bombed but he knew he wanted to do that and then all of a sudden he's doing freestyle he's doing freestyle no no beat freestyle with beat. uh boogie down productions was really really big in new york um his voice he had a voice and sometimes used it and sometimes didn't really use it yeah. um but you said kanye i can't i can't in good conscience I'm a old school dude, but I can't put krs one in front of Kanye because Kanye can sing "American Boy" to "I Love Gold Diggers." Who does that? "I Love Gold Diggers." I some I have a, a, a like a um, a playlist. Mm-hmm. You're such a
2: fucking hoe
0: to um take me on the trip. I love to hey, go yeah, someday right with the, with the What? Yeah. Uh, to love lockdown. Mm. You know, not, Uh I can't. Oh yeah. Wow, I can't. Um. I can't be with you and be with me too. I'm just like, just, just what? His and weakness. Plus his production on yeah. those is His just weakness. Unmatched. His weakness is he knows he's a genius. That's what makes him so, so so. Why Some people hate him so much. And for a while, I hated him because everybody else said so. But then, guess what? You know what happens? You start listening to songs. Oh my God, this is my jam. Who sings this? It's Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. Oh shit, cool song. I like this. That's Kanye. And I'm like... I don't fucking dislike Kanye West. Yeah. I, just, I was told to. I mean, we can yeah. apply that to politics. We can apply that to everything. And, right. and how is music any different? Where, and, it, where it instilled bias comes from a received opinion.
1: Right. And if Kanye grew up in an era where there weren't, like, you know, you couldn't video people doing stuff or whatever. Right. You know, like, people might. Because, like, people are always like, oh, Kanye's an asshole. Some of the greatest geniuses of all time were fucking assholes. Yes. Bro, Mozart was such an asshole yes, that he was. none of his music no one ca- no one went to his like his uh his uh, shows yeah. or whatever, you know. No one listened to his stuff because he was such an asshole, and no one liked him. But then give it a couple hundred years and all of a sudden it's like you're in the end if you listen to Mozart. Like you know, like they're like, "Oh, he's such a genius. And he did this and that, that." Like, but he was an asshole. People hated Mozart.
0: Yeah. Do you know why they hated him? And because he was an asshole. Well, well, yeah, sometimes, right? Whatever happened to just asshole asshole? Yeah, <laughs> not, right? mis- not misunderstood as a child. Whatever happened to just a douchebag? Yeah, someone just um... a dick every
1: time he walks the room. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yo, know, I could not be in a room with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: you hear that, Clementi? So, a little history lesson, and you'll appreciate this because okay. of rap battles and this and that. The first piano competition. Their their version of a rap battle, or like something right. where everyone came in to be like, "Who's the best?" It was Clementi um, against Mozart. This is seventeen eighty
1: one. That sounds like crazy. This is seventeen
0: eighty one, and everyone thought Clementi won, and Mozart was crushed. Mozart started making. In fact, Mozart started composing of stuff that sounded like Clementi's, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, Mozart just bit." No, he took something, and he took a lot of his songs and tried to make uh, 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 these twitches or whatever and, mm-hmm. and make it better so it seemed like Biden, but he wasn't he was i think he just spent the next 20 years showing i could do what he does and and do this and that and that and that and and that's difficult another history lesson lesson pianos have something called double escapement action that allows you to push the same key multiple times without this the string or whatever mozart did that shit without on a piano that did not have double escapement. action, Damn. So he wasn't able to, to push he could push the key come back or whatever. But he was you, were, you weren't able to push the key twice. So that's a little yeah. piano lesson on that.
1: I know. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, my volleyball people you surprised I know shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this look at this. Is that written there? No, these are questions for him. So but I wanted to run that by you because, uh, you're you're an artist. And mm-hmm. You and you and you you fell in love and remain in love with freestyle. So I was just trying to get you to say that, on some level, freestyle was always there. Yeah. He that man died. His last album before he died was was almost note for note. Clemente, the competition he lost, only one person thought he won that competition. And Damn. and if he wasn't a dick before maybe there's a sense of resentment that you think you're uh, that's human nature right Mm -hmm. there's i'm a volleyball coach i moved here california i i I, and i don't like to say i forgot more than what people know whatever but but i had certainly had more experience with people that were that were getting opportunities that i wasn't it's in your nature to be fucking resentful and bitter for because you put in the time and then because this person this person's part of the good old boys club Right, because that's Clemente, right? At that time, mm-hmm. you know, he had the money. He um, he wasn't. He knew everybody. Yeah, he, he wasn't some. Everything. Look, you're gonna hear a lot of broke people's stories that made Hollywood not the millionaires, but those those are stories because they're rare.
1: Yeah. All right. But they push those ones the most to give people that hope <laughs> to go, you no, know, to go do that and to stay within the system of the you know working class and like mm-hmm. all that and like, oh, boy, you gotta buy all the designer stuff. You gotta, and they mm-hmm. they they keep you with that dream to be like, oh, everyone should push for this. Everyone should do it. Yeah.
0: Cause they're, I don't know if they're selling a dream. They're selling, they're using the dream to sell a product. Is that what you're saying? What, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're using okay. it to sell something else. They're oh, like, shit. oh, you can get to here by, by doing this. And then they, you know, they just keep you down a little bit. Nice. But I mean, at the same time though, if you really believe in yourself and you keep pushing yourself, then you can get there. Right. But people think, and like this, the, the, the craziest part about, the hardest part about doing something in any way on your own, whether it's doing a podcast or wanting to be a rapper or wanting to be a singer or a a professional athlete, the hardest part about that is the mental battle because the entire time you're battling whether or not, Oh, can I make it? And you hear all these, like these stories where it's like, Oh, we, This artist released one song and he blew up and now he's making millions of dollars and that was his first song he ever made. So then you have kids that come in, they they make a song, they're like, "Oh, this is my blow up song. This is my blow up song. I'm gonna blow up." I've had that thought every song I released since I started doing this like seven years ago. (laughs) My first song, I was like, "Yo, this is it. I'm blowing up." You know, like, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that. It's you know, uh, you you have to be realistic. You have to be like, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the work. But a lot of artists, i I've met some amazing artists who are so good and they've been doing it for a couple of years and then they stopped doing it because they're like, I haven't blown up yet. Like, there's no point in doing this.
0: I think. Do you think maybe they have this foreseeable future where they're just stuck in this residual place? that they're, they're literally doing the running man? Because there are some people, my boy Bernard, you know, started a group called Undermine X, blew up a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, didn't get a lot of views, didn't really know how to market himself, then maybe hired the wrong people to market him. And, and that's my only explanation because I've seen people who are on tour uh-huh. <laughs> that can't even hold the candle to him. And, and you and I, we can, you have friends. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe we could say the same thing about you. So my question to you is, do you think people mail it in, not because they're not set up for the long game, but because of their predictive validity, like, Five years from now, they still see themselves in the same spot.
1: But, yeah, I think so. I think that comes with the fear and and people are like, am I still going to be here in five years not making money doing what I'm doing? So people get into this, like, they get this fear. They, like, have all these hopes to start. Then they have all this fear. And then they, they join a job where they just get back in line. Right. You know, they're, they're part of the system again. They're like, oh, get back in line because it's safe and it's comfortable. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's... it's go to school get in debt get out of school not use that degree work yeah. some job and then you have kids and then a family and then that's that like pe- they, they don't want big idea people no so you build all this hope and then it's all taken down and then but that's one of the biggest fears is like i, I look at myself like i'm 26 i'll be 27 next month right and i'm like me five years from now i'll be you know 32 do I still want to be in the same place I am now? Like not really making money mm-hmm. off my music, not going on crazy tours around the world. And like sure I've had some big highlights, you know, like doing stuff with Dwayne Johnson, which has been like a like amazing, you know. Seems like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he's an awesome guy. And but there's that under there's that fear that's always there like am I still going to be in the same place? But then every time I look back every year my music has grown every single year mm-hmm. and I've gained more fans and more followers and I've done bigger shows and my music has got more streams and every single year it's getting better. But then I'll, I'll get into the little slumps so where I'm like, damn my music's I'm not doing anything cause I'm not, I'm not huge yet. I'm not, you know, I'm not Jack Harlow. I'm every fucking song on the, you know, that's playing yeah. everywhere. So you get into those battles. So I think that's a huge setback for people is that, that f- next five years fear or like even next year fear
0: well the 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 part that really sucks about it is you you feel like you can't make mistakes and you you and if you slip up like volleyball you can i can easily coach a team and the and we make the main draw right and mm-hmm. but if we don't make the main draw for them to watch a game on center court they have to buy a ticket <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah and here they are they're in a crowd with people who are not elite athletes they're in a crowd with the same the same people who who um didn't train and work hard and just, just miss the cut to get into the draw. And it is a sucky feeling for someone. I mean, as far as people who get stuck in the validation game, if it sucks for that person, for someone to look in a crowd and be like, if he's a professional, why is he sitting here with us? Yeah, You know, uh, on, on a simpler term, if you're, if you're at a bank and there's 30 people online and you're mm-hmm. like, you there's only three people left before you saw the teller. Right. And like, Someone spilled coffee on you, and, and you had to, you went to get a napkin to clean the shit off, and you try to t- get get back to your spot online. And they're like, "No, that's not your spot online. You got yeah, then, you gotta get back." And you're angry because they're making you get on the back of the line as if you never waited your turn.
1: Yeah, that's a good analogy.
0: Um, that's oversimplifying it of course but right, right, right but but i got some fucking dummies that listen to this shit too so <laughs> so you know for y'all whatever and for volleyball of course i had to that was in my wheel, within my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and that was probably a bad analogy but no um, i feel like that's yeah
1: you know base root yeah of what we were talking about
0: and it's so crazy to navigate around right like you're basically in la to do this mm-hmm. you know and that's why i moved
1: to la yeah was like to do this
0: this is, and for your wheelhouse, you made the right move. Because there are people, like, I'm a volleyball coach and commentator, and there are people that want to move here from Louisiana and Chicago and this and that, and the thing I told them is don't move. Don't move here because you can stay where you are and you can visit L.A. You can save more money visiting L.A. six times a year yeah. for a week uh, and then training with these. Because they're looking for training opportunities and training with people who are good. Right. You know, Iron sharpens iron. Right. I get that. But you get if you if you're in a, in, a, in a spot like Kristen there's two girls, who are Kristen Nuss and Taryn Klo. And I'll, I'll give you the ba- background later. I don't they're, know a lot but about they're, they're I in Lu- no, but they're in Louisiana, right? Okay. They got a great coach, Russell Brock. Um they played for him at LSU. Their college record was 36 and 0. They never lost a match. Damn. So, so the dual systems. Some of their teammates will lose matches. So if they lose four matches to one, everyone know who won the one. It was those two. God, yeah. God made one thing perfect. It was a win loss record. So after that, they won. They, after college, they won eight straight regional tournaments. Atlantic City, they won Coconut Beach. I actually called um, Center Court, and then the first tour stop, which is like one, the big one. They have to qualify. They make the main draw. And when they make the main draw, they win out and win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Now everybody's like, you should move out here or you should, uh, sh- you should split up. You should train with this person and that person. And I said, don't fucking do it because what made you um, is not your ceiling. Yeah. What, what made you is not your ceiling. You can stay in Louisiana. If you want to train with some people, fly out here four or five times a year and train with those people because you don't want to leave that coach. Who, who who
2: took you to yeah. all of those yeah. yeah
0: No but there's some coaches That take you as far as you could go And you need a new coach To take you to the right. next level That's not this guy This guy's a fuck His name is Russell Brock And I'm tagging And I'm shouting him out right now And so for my sport There are some people Moving here is the right thing to do but there's some people I'm like, don't fucking waste all that rent money. Don't be paying coaches that that aren't even that aren't that aren't doing what your coach is doing, mm-hmm. um, just so you can play maybe or maybe not play with players that are better than you that, that whatever. So yeah, um, the best teams in the world don't even have training groups. Qatar, um, who won the bronze medal, Sharif. I had him on the podcast. He doesn't do training groups. No, he says I, I, I get more. Like for freestyle rap or whatever, you get more with a small group of people and um you have to yeah. take over cuz um uh, I'm, I'm speaking way out of no, my okay. now. No, that's okay. But i guess my question to you is do you um is less more when it comes to perfecting your game or is it more is uh with your with with your wheelhouse is it a networking thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's it's kind of both. So, i have my small group of people, my my network that i've been building last like 7 years. I've been in and out of different groups. I've had multiple people that I was gonna work with, and they're like, yeah, we can do this for you. We can do this for you, and then it like fell through. So the hard part is finding a group of people who genuinely want to just do music. Yeah. And there's no greed. There's no nothing. And like these people are my friends. Okay. So it's not like my business partners. Like they're my friends. Like these are like they're my family. So and it took a while to get there. And there's like pr- like my producers I work some one of my producers uh Hop who lives with me. In uh, in El Segundo, we grew up together in Wenatchee, so we grew up in the town, the small town that we grew up in. And then he was over in Seattle, and I started like rapping. He's like, he said, "Oh, I'm gonna start learning how to make beats." So he starts learning how to make beats, and then next thing you know, he came out to L.A. So then we're living together, doing that. And then my other roommate, Young Lit Hippie, he's a rapper as well, and his 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 stuff is crazy. It's so cool. It's so unique too, and um. So everyone around me, they're like my best friends and they're my family. Like my other producer, Carl. Like he's the one who made the "That's My Shit" beat.
0: Oh, okay. The one
1: that blew up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's done a lot of other beats for me too. And we've all just all kind of worked together. And there's a lot of other people out, like my my agent and uh, and Stewart and like. On the, right on point. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Let me let me see if I can plug
1: this. <laughs> yeah in. yeah. Throw it
0: on. Yeah. This is um. This is fun as hell.
1: Instagram. Never gonna break, no swear, I try Only gonna swear, wear hopeless hand here Holding my Bible up in the sky and taking my rivals I rock, go take the phone Riding through the title I'ma say no more But I only wanna give it to the bitches to be riding in the 5-0 Hit them at west I hit the whip, rock like a 5-0 my take the con, the alpha decides the look of the door. Probably gonna be feeling like Dora damn Hey, no, it's Cause I gotta get the bitches well trained She don't probably like the whole thing I'ma get it like some gold things Go things from broke things I moved up this shit Gotta see no more Gotta be no more But they're never gonna get it like this
0: that's my Yo, fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> fuck out of here! Yo, that was cool, man. Oh, I'm glad I could tech my own show and know how to do this shit. <laughs> all
1: right, yeah, it looks
0: like you got a lot. Of there you go. I got a lot going on, so thank you. Because sometimes I'm trying to look at you and this and that, and, and then you're like work, yeah, I'm buttons. trying to work all this, but but um, yeah. So I really I like that. You um, have a group of people that are invested. Um, it's, it is a bonus to have, to have friends
1: mm-hmm. uh, because
0: yeah. there's an emotional investment. When you're friends, you want each other to do well.
1: And we, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the hard part, especially with artists, like artists are so sensitive. And the hardest part is when you're doing well and then they have this like resentment towards you. You know, and they're like jealous or what? you're whatever's going on. I've never felt that with my friends who are successful. I genuinely get excited. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome! Like that. Like, and I don't want anything from them. Yeah. Like, if my friends, I have some like really like I have some friends that are really famous, really big people. I've never asked for nothing from them. Like, I don't need anything other than their friendship because they're my friends. That's a virtue. And that's how friendship should be. If people want to go out of their way to do something for you, cool. Like that's that's amazing. Like you know, but. I'm not going to take my friendships and turn it into like a stepping stone that a lot of people in LA do. They they and if you have some kind of clout or some kind of anything in like a lot of people in LA and I'm I'm not I'm mostly talking about like the downtown, West Hollywood, Hollywood North Hollywood like yep. the people that move here to be influencers whatever. They meet people and they're not about you. And then they find out you got a little clout, and they're like, "Oh!" And then they're, then they they're, be,
0: you. they're you're, you know, the best. And friend. how do you, like, play Yo, that, and how you play the game, right? How do you play that? Yeah. Once, once you once you see what, what they are, do you do you have to play that too? You know? Yeah. To to um to not be that guy.
1: Yeah, and it's so fun. Okay, so uh, uh you know, Logic. So uh, I, I met Logic, and I met him, and it was so funny. I was at this like a uh, uh, Soho house in Malibu, and it was like this thirty and under member club or whatever, and. Uh, it was like a 30 and under night. So if you're 30 and under, you should show up, you meet all the other people that are club members. And I remember I was there, like one of my friends was where I don't, I don't, I don't I'm don't. i weirdly, it's so weird, you know, it's all my friends, but I always end up at places I should not be at. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not a fucking member there. No. And so I ended up there and I was, yeah, hold I was, on, wait, 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 before you go on, what time in the morning? Was this? Yeah. No, this was only like I think it was only like 10 p.m. Okay, good. it wasn't. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Good because it was like an event, you know. So it was pretty early. I was just gonna say nothing good happens after one in the morning. That's okay. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but so I was there, and I heard I hear someone talking. I was like, I know that voice. And then I turn around, and I'm like, that's fucking Logic. Like that's like okay. his voice, you know. Like that's him. And he was talking to these these uh, kids, like 20s, you know, something. Yeah. And I was just listening to the conversation because they were giving him this, like, uh, like we're too good for you kind of vibe because they obviously did not know that it was Logic. They thought it was – and his name tag said Bobby on it, you know, because that's his name. And so, But you knew. Yeah, on. I was like, I knew. I was like, I know that was fucking Logic. So he's, he's talking to them, and they're talking about – they're like, yeah, we have this clothing company, blah, 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 blah. And they're kind of brushing them off, looking around. And He's like, Yo, like, how do I like check it out? Like, I want to look into buying some of your stuff and like rocking some of your stuff. And they're like, and, and Yeah, do- you can look me up on this and da da. And they're like brushing him off because they don't know who he is. And you're looking at this whole thing, yeah. And when you're I'm looking like, at this whole thing, what are you thinking? Go I was ahead. laughing my ass off, bro. Yeah. I was like, This is so like, it's so LA, it's mm-hmm. like that like pompous, rich, decadence kind of uh persona that these people have. But the minute, if the, I swear, if they found out that that was logic, they would have, they would have been, they would have been swinging on. Those, oh, on please, the nuts. rock our set here! I'll give you a shipment of our clothes, like yeah. whatever you want. And he was genuine. He sounded genuinely interested. Yeah. And these people were just brushing him off.
0: And it's like, I. He not who he was. Yeah, but then they find out who he, he is. All yeah. of a sudden, there's there's this Tarzan swing on the nuts.
1: I'm yeah, like, Yeah, oh, right. Come so on, I man. I went over to him like after oh, that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, yeah, he thought he was being slick because um, I went over to him. I was like, yo, man, I, I saw you in Seattle, like, uh, a year a year ago because, like, that was when I was living in Seattle, and he he did a show, um, oh, what year was it? It was probably, like, was 2017, 2018. He did, a, he did a show, like, a big arena show in Seattle, and I, I went to it, and it was, it was amazing. And so I went to him. I was like, yo, I saw you in Seattle, like, last year.
2: Wow, And then, and
1: then he was like, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, trying to play it off, like, I didn't know it was logic. I was like, it's like. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then we ended on. up talking, and it was cool because like we ended up like talking the whole night, like me, him, and Younger Hippie, and he showed us like exclusive music that like mm-hmm. wasn't out yet, which is like so dope. And then we're like freestyling, drunk and shit, and and it was a really cool experience. But it's just so funny to see that in real life, someone who's his caliber of celebrity getting brushed off because someone didn't know who he was.
0: Yeah, you get that a lot, dude. Um, yeah, and the cool thing about that conversation with you is that, that uh, it generated from who you surrounded yourself with before you met Logic. Yeah, how you how you you're approaching this, who you're approaching this with, leading all the way up to that under thirties night that where you're just there to say hi, I make people or whatever, and this yeah. and that. Um, real recognizes real. I mean, that's the only I way so. I know how to put that because I don't want to sound like i am uh, go off on this tangent and, and say absolutely nothing. Real recognizes real. When someone's like, okay, this dude seems down to earth. He, he seems virtuous. Um, I'm talking to him. Oh, oh, shit. In addition to all those things he's talented too. And um, and that's the game you got to play with real people and fake people, unfortunately. This yeah. is this is whatever. Um, I'm going to tell you two things that this has in common with volleyball, right? Mm-hmm. Um one, I'll just say it like it is. Life isn't fair, right? Some things that that happen, where people are further ahead of the game and you and, and you're more talented than them, it's unfair. It's but it such is life. All yeah. right. Here's the second thing. If you take that historical fact not kicking and screaming, you will be rewarded for it. Yeah. There is a Brooklyn virtue in me that um I get to a point where I'm even I'm volunteering information. No one even has to force my hand. But then I put myself in danger. Do you want to be that guy? No one wants to work with that guy that fucking complains about everything. Yeah. Even if he's right. Right. Even if he's right. And you always think you're right. I always think I'm fucking right. Right. So it's one of those things where you want to say something and it's true. But you my, my rule and my suggestion, an old dog to a young dog, only do it if you have to. Only do it if you have to. Don't do anything voluntarily that's that's going to dilute your product because you don't want people to think that you're that that guy. Mm -hmm. When you're fucking, you're you're not you're not that guy. You're this guy. So that's just from a business perspective. Um, how it pertains to my sport, I can only speak to uh, my sport. Um, because even now, there's a lot of people that don't want me to succeed. You know, I'm I'm not. I'm still an outsider. I just i guess when you get old enough you don't care yeah you know someday you're gonna be in a position where your brand and your button hold that thought because you're gonna mm-hmm. say something and i don't want you to forget it that's fair and fucking write it down if you have to no i got uh, it okay i'm pretty good at it. you're everything. gonna be in a position and, and i shouldn't be talking more than you this is a podcast about you no, but no, it's fair. you're gonna be someday be in a position where your brand and your bottom line are separate your brand who you are mm-hmm. this rap thing Going out there, networking, doing your thing, um, chilling. Your bottom line, your rent money, your car, um, the carpet beneath your feet, where you put your head. Right now, your brand and your bottom line are binary because whatever hurts your brand is going to hurt how you make your money. Right. But someday, and this is this might be sooner, might be later. You're going to be in a position where your brand and your bottom line are separate. That allows you to do things. Um, to have more artist liberation, where, you know, where absence of um, um, extreme opinion, which seems like it's just a he- this heavy-ass backpack. This looks small, right? Yeah, yeah. hold this thing. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm just saying that, I guess what I'm trying to say, and please remember your thought, but I'm just, even if it's unrelated, um, I'm, I'm just trying to say that you are ahead of the, the direction that you will have that. And you already feel liberated as it is, but I'm just saying, yeah. real, real liberation. Like, what would this guy think? And you're like, okay, either he cares or he doesn't. <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't affect how I make my money. And I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm blessed, and it took 51 years to get there. But that's why the noise doesn't, or who I, who I, who might think they're better than me, or who does, who does he think he is, and this and that, doesn't affect me as much because 10 years ago, I'm like, fuck you, I'm this, I did this, I did that, and guess what? You become what you despise. Yeah trying to play the validation game yeah your thoughts unrelated related (laughs) you kept it right i did i did yeah
1: so i've i feel like i'm in a, a different headspace than a lot of people my age um i stopped caring like a few years ago about certain things would it
0: happen to be three years ago
1: we was, it was definitely before, <laughs> it was, it was before all that, you know, it was before all that. <laughs> no, I feel like a lot of people stopped caring in general, like three years ago, but no, it was uh kind of before everything. I s- slowly stopped like caring about certain people's opinions or how I should be acting and stuff. And then it was more introspective of really the last few years has been me whenever I react to something or I feel a certain way about something is Okay, what what is that stemming from? Why do I feel that way? Hmm. And then how can I remove myself from that? And then that ties into my artistry, of of dive, like, because I want, I I don't want there to be a separation between the artist and the person. Hmm. Right. And I know that'd be good for my brand to be this artist and do some wild and things or like whatever. That's the challenge. Whatever it is, at the same time. My music, like, I try to be lyrical with my music on, like, some of my stuff. And I like telling, that, like, some, like, deep stories of and just being genuine. And that's how I want my my brand to reflect. And if I don't become Drake level, or, like, I don't want to be Drake level. That just sounds annoying, being that famous. Nah,
0: come on. More money, more, more problems. Yeah, I'd
1: rather PZ. have a group of people, like a small group, that love my music so much. And are just genuine fans and like genuinely love my music, then have you know tens of millions of, of people who I don't I don't know or care about or that just like me because everyone else likes me or hates me because or whatever. But if I just have a genuine group of fans that like honestly love my music and yeah. I and I help change or like I, I offer advice or like whatever it does for them. What's what's cool about my song, That's my shit, is you know, it's a hype fun song. But my favorite part of that song is that so many people have reached out to me and be like, yo, this song pumps me up in the gym. It okay. keeps me motivated to work out. And that's one of my favorite things about making hype songs that people are like, oh, it's just a hype song, like da da da. Like, mm-hmm. this, like you know, it doesn't hold much. But I'm like, no, but like, pe- like this song, Like people are motivated to work out and be healthy because of my song. Right, that's so cool to me. That is, and uh, to the to the other note that we were talking about, I the in the other part, I don't I don't care about like I've never cared about designer stuff like this is a ten dollars hoodie from Santi which is lit, though. You got never you, been to Santee Alley. You, you
0: son of a bitch. You know, El Hollywood's so pissed at you right now. I know. You're like, oh, is that that Yeezy hoodie? Like, <laughs> you, you son of a
1: bitch. <laughs> you know what you just said to them? Yeah. No, no, like, <laughs> Man, the most expensive thing I probably wear are my jeans and, like, some Levi's because they're going to last me five years. Yeah. You know, and they're, like, $65, $70, which still is, like, you know, it's a little bit of an investment, yeah. but they last, like, five years because they're Levi's, you know? But isn't
0: it crazy that we spent more money on that stuff? outside of before we moved here like yeah. New York um, yeah, outside
1: yeah. my studio right here
0: I got about eight suits from Oxford clothes Dunbar Damn. Oxford Th- these suits started like $2,300 before they started tailoring and shit right I haven't worn, I've only worn a suit <laughs> I've been here five years I've only worn a suit three times <laughs> yeah once you're so, <laughs> once you're in the mix and I'm like, you what, stop caring I thought but I thought if I moved to LA man I get to I get to sport some of this stuff mm-hmm. and this and that so um yeah yeah, but you're right. And I, and I like that you associate yourself with a crowd that doesn't care either, right? Like, are those Oakleys or Folkleys? I'm like, yeah. That's dude. I'm like, does, does it protect me from the sun? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The
1: Preve Raveau. Let me brand. put them on. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that, dude. But yeah, right. But I, I love these because <laughs> this is a, I believe this is Jamie Foxx's, it's either his company or his brand or he promotes it or. I'm not exactly sure, but he's, he's got a big part of it and he always, he's always promoting it. So it's something to do with Jamie Foxx. I actually met Jamie Foxx once. He's a really genuine dude. Really nice guy. And is he
0: everything he, we think he is? Like as far as that, that cool person?
1: Very genuine dude. Yeah. I was uh, I, I was, at this, uh, I was at Drake's club, uh, Delilah. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, like, you know, celebrity club. And I got invited to sit at the table. So I was sitting at the table and this dude kept bumping into me and I was like, who the hell is bumping into me? So I turned around and it's Jamie Foxx. Like, oh, my bad. And I was like, no, it's cool, man. Like, it's cool, and we ended up talking for like he probably doesn't remember, but like we, you, you meet so many people, but we talked for like half hour, hour, and he's like, yeah, go ahead and get a drink, like, it's, like, cause it was his birthday, I think. Okay. And so he's like, yeah, get a drink, and then um, um, he's like, get whatever you want, and then everyone's drinking all this like I, I can't even pronounce this shit, like whatever they were drinking, you know, the other champagne or whatever, and I was like, yo, can I get like a, can I get like a corset, and the lady looked at me like. She said, You know where the fuck you at? Yeah. And I'm like I'm like, man, I'll just say he's like, Yo, you don't like what's I'm like, man, I just I'm not trying to flex. I just want a beer. And he's like, all right, I can respect that. Like, he's a nice dude. But uh, the thing I... But I
0: hate when the bartender looks at you like that. I'm like, dude, don't act like you go into your penthouse after that. You know what the fuck kind of drink I'm talking (laughs) about. I'm one of you, dude. I just like
1: beer. I don't don't care. Plus, like, (laughs) champagne. They're like, oh, it's like a $50,000 bottle of champagne. I'm like, bro, that's grape juice. Come on.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And it all tastes the same. Man, it's all just bubbly bullshit. Like, whatever. The... Yeah, if anything, it's just the build around it. Like, oh, this is like fifty years old, like whatever. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I get why it's priced like that because it's a rarity and because it's old. Cool. I wouldn't pay for it. That's all I'm saying. If I had a collector's no. item, that might be cool to have. You know. No, but the person that's
0: trying to honey dick you into drinking that, right? He know better. He probably yeah. living. That dude live 2 blocks away from where you live. So he need right. to stop fucking front. And he's and there. Cuz if he corona. lived in a penthouse he wouldn't be serving no damn drinks. So he knows what the fucking course is. Stop, man.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're asking where his Super Bowl Sunday is <laughs> if he's not working. So he, yeah. he he full of shit too. Yeah. So
1: damn, that was cold. My yeah. No, <laughs> I'm a hater J. Bodies. I'm all a hater J right now. Yeah. But anyway, so this uh, yeah. if the company that I don't know if he started it like I said, I don't know if it's his company, but it's like designer quality at at like but not at designer price. Right. And that's like kind of their motto. And so like I got these these are only like seventy dollars, but these are like designer sunglasses. Like these are designer. And I like the shape of them, like I like the feel of them. And I like that they're not like five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars because he put his name on it or because there's a name to it. Yes. So like I like this brand. It's a really good brand. And like so I like supporting stuff like that. Like if it's quality yeah. and it's And they and they don't boost it because of a name, like like Run D
0: M C said, because Calvin Klein's no friend of mine. Don't want nobody's name on my behind. (laughs) That's an '84 flashback. That's 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 Rockbox. Okay. Um, yeah, damn. So, shit. (laughs) What? I actually have questions and shit. Um. So, at some point before this was your career, um, this was your escapism. This is something you like to do. This is something you, um, more like, I just, I enjoy doing this. This is my passion. This isn't that. And I'm chilling. I'm doing it with my friends. And all of a sudden you kind of get good. So I got, my questions two part. One is about different escapisms. We're going to, we're going to mm-hmm. visit that in a minute. My first question, get right to the point. Cause I really enjoy listening to you talk. Um, what point did you tell myself? Did you say to yourself, you're like self, this is going to be my profession. I think um, I think I'm good and I think this shit has legs and this is what I want to do when I grow up. How old were you? Was there a particular um night with your friends? Was there a uh, um like a concert or like a like or uh, maybe a, maybe um I'm going to sound stupid a battle um that you were like, nah, This is this is me and and this is what I'm, you know, boom." Yeah. Cuz I ask all I asked all of my all of my volleyball guests the same question, so.
1: Right. So <clears throat> the the first part about escapism um I think a lot of people confine escapism into, like, one thing that they, like, need to do in order to relieve the, you know, life. Right. I I love doing everything. Like, I go. have to try everything new, like, whatever it is. And so, to me, even, like, hanging out with friends or, like, trying something new or, like, whatever, it can be my escapism.
0: Okay. Because when... Listen, when your escapism became your career... Yeah. Some people... They they keep that. My escapism is my career. But then there's some people, they're like, I do this twice a week mm-hmm. so I can come back and do my job like a fucking mammal. Um, that's yeah. what I meant by... Um, S-
1: sometimes it's like that. It's, yeah. it's kind of both. Because there's days where I love sitting down and writing. And then there's days where I feel like I have to sit down and write. Right. And But that can change because when I feel like I have to sit down and do something, sometimes that turns into an escapism because you're just not in the flow that day, but then you sit down you start working on it. And then all of a sudden you're in the flow for it. And then you get excited because you just wrote a crazy bar or like whatever it is. And, um, so it's kind of both and you have to, it is that fine line that, you know, you have to like, do I make myself work on music every single day or do I find another way to help my music without having to write music every day? Like Hmm. I haven't, I haven't written in like a month and a half. Okay. I mean, I'll write bars down as I go. I'll freestyle in the car, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a bar," and I'll, like write it down. But I haven't sat down and wrote in like a month and a half. But I've been going to like photo shoots. I've been building my biography. I've been building. I've been editing and updating so many different things, and it's a lot of stuff that is going towards my career. That not necessarily writing music.
0: Right. Okay. So,
1: so there 's things you can do to help your career that 's not just every single day writing music, but you don 't have to write music to help your career because there's so many things that are involved in it so by the time I do sit down and write music, it is my escapism so it's it's okay. kind of it's kind of both you so it 's binary, yeah, yeah,
0: well, the reason why I asked that is because I gave a a young volleyball player the speech that she I I think even now she she respects me and she listens, but I still don't think she gets it. Like there are some people where if you don't have that kind of something else, and if some and if your escapism is your career and shit goes wrong, um, it can eat you alive. It can burn. You can you can burn yourself up in the phoenix. You can burn yeah. yourself up in a storm. You know, and at the end of the day, um, to quote detective freeman from mcnulty from the wire the job can't save your ass the job can't i mean family uh, friends fa- friends family with different last names which you mm-hmm. got going on that keeps you going that, yeah. that that at the end will still be there when when you decide you don't want to do this or, or if you do this to the day you die yeah um which seems like a remote possibility <laughs> <laughs> um so i was trying to tell her you know, you win this tournament. You do this. You do this. You pepper with your boyfriend. You you watch videos. You do you do this. But if you put yourself in a position where your strength and your weakness are the same thing, you could run into a problem. You have to be strong enough to survive that, or it will eat you eat you the fuck alive. Yeah. Last job interview. Last time I even interviewed for a job, I don't fucking do that anymore. Um, so, what's your greatest strength as a coach, Jason? And I'm like, um, I personalize my work. It doesn't leave when I leave the gym. Uh, I, have a, I have a studio set up for video room breakdown. In fact, coaches pay me to break down their games. Um are you know, like, "So, what's your biggest weakness? I'm like, I personalize my work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it hurts too fucking much. When yeah. you, you work hard and you want it for the people you're coaching, you're trying to help and it doesn't happen. Yeah. It becomes highly personal. How could it not be? When you, when you put when, everything into it yes yeah. when when your escapism becomes your career and you don't have it how could you not be how could it not be personal how yeah. could it not hurt how could there not be a level of fr- frustration and this and that um and the answer to that is you're doing the right thing because i'm not trying to talk you out of this shit yeah. you, you you ingratiated yourself with a group of people hopefully small because in your line of work less is more um when it comes to that right, right. um well, you can do it for the rest of your life, and 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 they're there to heal you. They're there to catch you when you're down, because you don't. It's that's because with that group of friends you have, you don't have to ask that. That's not required. Yeah. That's they know that's not required of them. They want to do that. They want to see you do well. You want to see them do well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it might not be. This might not be the speech for you. No, I'm not. I'm because frankly, I'm tired of looking up here, young man. This, you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to do that, but. But I wanted to bring that to your attention, but I also wanted to let you know it might not apply to you because of how you set up your shop.
1: It's moving forward. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like any bit of advice, even if you're doing that, it's just nice to hear it again. Yeah. Like Even if you're doing something to mm-hmm. the fullest, it's nice to, to hear somebody else say it from a different perspective. Same message, but in a different way. And then it's almost like reassuring. It's like, yeah, I got to continue doing what I'm doing yeah. like in the way I'm doing it.
0: And me, I'm always, I'm paranoid all the time. Uh, um, something I realized uh, my f- third year here, because my first two years were hell, I just, uh, you know, I got some clubs in this and that. And every opportunity I got, I was the best at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the kind of guy, if you pay me to sweep a street, there's not two blades of grass or jared and you're not gonna find a rock on that street i'm just, if i'm gonna do it and if someone's paying me to do it i'm gonna do it so yeah so the whole club scene i did well i overachieved with some 16s indoor beach volleyball you know we had i led the nation we our group a club led the nation in recruitments per capita so i was okay. i was you know i was doing top five shit you know since i moved here and still I'm not still being looked at as the same as everybody else so there's us and there's everybody else and that and that was something that i had a problem with because i thought they were wrong and and i thought i was one of them and and in many ways i am and thank god in many ways i'm not but the difference between you and me and the, re- the reason why you're ahead of the game is because i glossed over the fact that people do have my back from from places that i at I least suspect i have friends in wisconsin i got friends in florida i got definitely got roots in new york i got more roots than alex haley in new york so um glad you're ahead of the game on that And it's gonna keep you young you're young looking you're you know 20 years from now you're still gonna probably look like that because your ge- your so. generation has learned how to become immune to old age um right you got there's a general nutrition uh, there is a way you take care of yourself right i'm gonna work out in the sunlight but not too much you guys you, you, got, you got look we're fucking morons my generation we're fucking morons dude you know, I'm, I mean, you know, for volleyball, we indoor volleyball, we train like we train like assholes, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you're ahead of the game. You're you're ahead of the game. So, as far as escapism becoming your career, we already covered that. Yeah. What what was? I'm gonna come back and re ask that that first question. Was there a defining moment, or was it just a residual, a gradual buildup that made you think so, that this is what you want to do for a living?
1: So like growing up, I always. You know, I feel like you hear a lot of people say this, but I, I had this like feeling that like I'm meant to be someone big, like whatever it is. I didn't know what it was, and I was always really good at like everything I tried mm-hmm. and you know that might sound cocky, but like I just was like like i'll you know first time I went wakeboarding, I stood up like first time I went snowboarding I went down double black diamond like like this every time I do something, I'm like good at it i I'm not the best like there's people way better than me at everything. But I've always just been, like, good enough to be able to do it from the jump. And singing was, like, I couldn't do it. I was bad. I was really bad. I'm, like, But I loved it. And I was, but, and maybe it's because of the one thing I couldn't do. But I loved music so much. And, like, my mom used to make this, like, cringe face whenever I'd sing. Because we'd watch American she Idol. This? She'd be like, mm, I don't know what's yeah. it but uh because we watched american idol growing up and i used to kind of loathe watching it because these people were so good and i'm like i want to be on that show and i couldn't because i couldn't sing <laughs> but I, I grew up doing musicals like i do all the like you know the school musicals because i love performing so since i was like six i was like you know dancing singing whatever and then when i got into high school i was like you know what i want to learn how to sing like i want to so i joined choir like my sophomore year of high school And then I started learning how to like harmonize, and then my ears started getting better, and I could learn how to hit notes, and do all that. So by the time I got into college, I could actually like kind of hit notes, and I could sing a bit. And then um, I got my tonsils taken out, and then I could sing even better because my tonsils were like naturally like two and a half times bigger than they were supposed to be. Right, and they're messing with your glottal. um... Well, like I couldn't sing through my diaphragm, so I ended up it would like sing through my throat because my tonsils were so big. So, uh, but so it helped a lot. But with, uh, and that's kind of like my my story between like wanting to perform and sing. Um, but then with rapping, like I just loved, I loved rapping. I loved like freestyling. I loved when people were being like a rap battle somewhere, and I would show up and just start spitting, and people like, oh shit, you know, like it was fun to me. Like I loved rapping, but I never thought it was gonna be a career. It was a my. It was like a summer break or winter break, spring break, something. I was back home. It's like my first year of college. And I was at my my buddy's party, and downstairs there was like, uh, at one point in the party, like there's a bunch of guys like in a circle like freestyling, and they're all like going off, and uh, they were like, "Yo, come come hop on this." And I was like, I was like, "No, like I'm I'm good, like it's whatever, it's cool. I'm chilling tonight, you know. Yeah. Like no, like freestyles. All right, so I went on, I freestyled, and. At the time, they said I. they like, "Oh, you're so good, blah blah." But if me now looking at it, it was probably so trash. It was, it was, it was probably you're like, Man, so I'm bad. Bum. Why
0: y'all fucking? Lying yeah, it was probably
1: so bad. But they said I killed it. And then my buddy was like, "Yo, my cousin makes beats. He's got like a little studio set up. You guys should make a rap song." I was like, like "Cause they're like, have you ever thought about being a rapper?" I was like, "Fuck that. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a oh rapper." Oh my god, no. Yeah, like the hell, no. So then, but then I was on break, and they're like, "Yeah, go do a song." And I was like, "All right, might as well," because I had nothing else to do. It was break so i went over we like recorded it and then we, i uh one of my, my one of my buddies from high like like elementary school that i knew yeah um i had like this little studio set up and then he's like yeah come out like and they had like a big studio and they're like yeah come record it so we like recorded a single you know like with my buddy's beat my buddy's studio like got everything done and we like released it and i thought it was the craziest thing in the world to be on pandora <laughs> like i was like yo i'm on fucking i got my own station on pandora radio i thought that was the craziest shit in the world fucking awesome and um and then so i'm like back at college and i'm like singing and performing and then like somebody mentioned that i'm a singer so like uh are you familiar with like showcase shows so they bring a bunch of local artists out they only do like three songs and it's like a pay to play kind of thing. Okay. Could, yeah. They, but they, they see how many like people you can bring out so they can use, if someone brings out like a hundred people, they're going to use that guy as an opener for bigger shows. Right. You know? So it's like a showcase, like see what you got. So I went did a showcase show and I was in college and I, I'm my, one of my traits is like, I'm good at knowing like everybody. I know a lot of people. So I think my first show ever, I brought like 40 people out, and they're like, which is like numbers. If you've never done a show, so they're like, damn, like this guy bringing numbers. And I was singing like covers and stuff because I didn't really have a whole lot of things. And I was probably singing, like doing some whack originals. I, you know. Yeah, come on. But then I, I perform and then they start asking me to do bigger, bigger shows. So they're like, oh, like we got, oh, what was his name? Fucking Slim Jesus. <laughs> do you remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy <laughs> was so bad.
0: He looked so, like a a, rock, a Russ um, uh with that didn't get fed. You know
1: Russ? yeah yeah yeah. no he yeah yeah but it was like yeah this dude looked like he was like only like five five and like the skinny white dude from like ohio and he had this song called like drill time or something and man it was not anyway so but like what was crazy is like he got big off of that song and people would pay to go to his shows just to like boo him off stage
0: oh shit so he was a a sanjaya
1: Remember American favorite. Idol? Oh, yeah, and dude, dude,
0: yeah. SanJ- dude, that was so bad. The, 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 the fucking voters kept... They kept the, keeping him. Because the judges' yeah, hands yeah. were tied. Yeah. And Simon's like, you know, I don't know how long you want to keep this going
1: on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he's now in the top five. And and there's something so really funny. wrong with this system. So that's basically yeah. what it was. And people come to his shows just to, like, throw shit at him and boop off the stage.
0: Uh, with them Island boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs>
1: so my set for that... I had like 50, 60 people and it was lit. And then he goes up and there was like one person no. there and like people were like booing him and stuff. And I'm like, damn, he got, but he's still getting paid for it. That was the crazy part to me. He was getting paid two grand to show and did a 50 show tour. Dude just got a hundred grand to get booed. I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, I'll, I'll do that shit. I mean, I don't wanna do that, Holy but like, shit. so it was crazy. And then um, and I'm doing shows and then I, uh, I did a show with like Ying Yang Twins. And then I got, which is fucking, those guys are next level. Yeah, like disgusting. Like, like they get so. I've never seen someone get so fucked up and be able to do a show. Like, these dudes like like in their limo or car or whatever, and they like they like wax the bottle and they're smoking the whole time. And then they came backstage, and they had another bottle that they waxed, and they're still smoking. And then they go on stage, and they and they're like holding another bottle on stage. I'm like, and they do that every night, and I'm like, damn, yeah,
0: that was crazy. Uh, that's a that's a money grab because there's no real sustainability in that, but but if they got they, if, hits but that's they, the point yeah, I was trying to make hits. if they did it any other way yeah would they have the hits that's, that's the way they knew how to function that
1: was their yeah you that know? was their and I'm like get that did.
0: money while it lasts cause you're not gonna everyone's live, got you're their not gonna system. live
1: period <laughs> yeah every, everyone's got their system yeah you know so yeah. like whatever it is like you know go ahead like my, my routine before shows, I drink uh, hot toddies hot toddies yeah <laughs> because it's you know whiskey it's a yep. uh, you know hot water and it's honey and lemon, which is good for your throat. It's very soothing for your throat. Yep. So I, I drink that before uh, I perform because it's like you get a little bit of a buzz and then you get that like soothing honey and then you get the hot water and it's like really good to like warm up your vocal cords and just kind of keep them all soothed and everything. So all right. that's like that's my routine. There it is. And so- I like I like hitting a good gym day b- before and then like eating really good. And then next couple of hours, just don't eat until after the show. Like, I, I have my own routine that there I, I like doing. And no,
0: because if you have that, it gets rid of some of the nervous energy. Like, if yeah. you do,
1: right? If you had to think
0: about brushing your teeth.
1: Right. Do you know how fucking, yeah.
0: you know how <laughs> tedious that is? You have to think about brushing your teeth. But if you practice brushing where you're supposed to.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't really, so I get nervous, but I don't get nervous. Okay. Like me neither. The only time I get nervous is like 30 seconds before I go on stage, right. and then after the first song, I, it, that's like it, I'm over. not nervous. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. It's it's over. Like people are like I'll, it'll be like an hour before a show. I'm like backstage or whatever. There's like a big crowd. People are, like you nervous? I'm like mm, nah. right. Like I'm I'm cool. It's only like right when like my name's announced or whatever that I'm like all right, all comes in at once. Let's go show time. But it's it's like this weird mixture of like nervousness and excitement that's like kind of together. I wouldn't say it's full nerves. Right. And I wouldn't say it's like full excitement. It's like meets in the middle. So for
0: me, well, I'll do singing first. Different levels, of course. Mm -hmm. Singing before the song starts, I would look at probably a maximum of five people. Make eye contact. You know, boom, boom. This one's Mm -hmm. frowning. This one's curious. This this one's not comfortable. I'm on stage looking at no one but them. So I got that. And once I do that, um i feel like when i sing the song i got something to say and if i got something yeah. to say there's no more nervous energy because it's it, it becomes about what i have to say yeah and that's, that's and you've seen me sing i am yeah we are different um I'm, I'm i'm just gonna say straight up i'm better than 90 percent of the singers or whatever but when but that 10 yeah. percent <laughs> there's a whole two levels better that's you but so but um Thank you. so theater performance mm-hmm. when i'm performing which is my wheelhouse was my warehouse. I, it's my, that's my degree, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So wow. I was I in didn't the MFA program at, at Marymount, Manhattan. Damn. they ranked number two in the country. High uh, audition. It really? Yeah, audition, got in. What the fuck, man? Finished school there. But um, I would look at three, four people in the audience on the stage. And then I would look at my, my scene partner. And once I looked at my scene partner, I'm locked in. I'll make it about them. And whatever energy they give me, even if it's a little bit, there's this exchange that makes it look real and organic. So I use a lot of stuff that I learned on stage, with mm-hmm. uh, f- no, no musicals, like just straight acting, yeah. that, that translated well to, to um, just performing a song in front of people, and I've done that a couple of times. It wasn't just karaoke, but um, karaoke's my escapism. We're, and we definitely, we can't go through, there'd be podcast. malpractice practice, not to talk about that. Man, I so, love karaoke. Uh, oh my
2: fucking
1: God. I, my favorite part about karaoke is, it goes back to me wanting to, to, do, to be a singer, uh-huh and because like when i was doing rap like i'm like i'm only rapping like every now and then i have a couple songs where i sing a little bit because the people i sing with are like phenomenal singers yeah so i'm like i'd rather them sing the hook like because i'm i'm a good singer but i'm not like i'm not i'm not a professional singer you know i'm not there like my rapping is there i'll 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 go to bat for my rapping my rapping is there right not my understand. lyrics my bars my flows, like i'm there but my yeah. singing is not so I love going to karaoke because it helps me be a, be a better singer and it helps me perform. Because whenever I perform, I'm only rapping. I'm not saying. There it is. And so when I do karaoke, I'm like actually getting to practice singing. And what's funny is uh, there was a guy that used to go to the karaoke spot that we go to like before COVID who's actually a professional singer in a band. And I forgot what band it is. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. The guy who'd always sing The Rock, like yes. Chris Stapleton yeah. runs and like all that. I forgot his name but he's in a big band like he's a famous singer in a famous band and he would come to karaoke to practice singing Dude, he's and a, then
0: he's a hitman for hire but yeah yeah
1: yeah and then he'd go in this corner you know sip his drink just kind of do his own he'd yeah. go by himself but he'd go into practice and i remember talking to him and i was like bro i love your vocals i love this he's like, oh i actually like sing professionally he's like i come in here to practice i'm like damn i never like, thought about that yeah and he's like yeah like uh, I'm like, dude, can I like check out your band? He told me the band name. I was like, oh, fucking duh! Like I know who that is. I can't. Yes. I'll, like right now, I don't know. What I'm spacing. But there's no one.
0: There's no one. There's no no better venue to try out songs. Yeah. Than karaoke at yeah. a at a particularly at a spot where the same group of people go every week. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's someone. You. Uh, it's almost like doing a comedy routine, right? You you um, like Chris Rock doesn't do that one hour, ten minute bit raw he 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 labs labs that maybe the comedy store in section which is why they don't allow videotaping Mm -hmm. so so, such as with karaoke you know before we even go any further for the people listening uh, or watching for the people listening don't get to see my face tough shit but for the people watching this dude right here now everyone knows i can sing like um and i sing so well that people try to sing because they look at me and they're like, how hard could it be? I, that's, that's my weakness. Everyone thinks they can do what I do because I look like a regular guy. Um, so there are two types of good singers. There's a singer where someone hears me sing and they're like, oh, woo, fucking cool. Nice. Hey, good song. Yeah, I love that song, dude. That was real. And then there's the type of, type of singer, which is you. And when you're done singing, they just go. fuck was that wow whoa yeah jason you got to sing after that guy and i'm like i'm just <laughs> i'm just glad i know him because <laughs> he's gonna be all supportive and shit and that's what you've become who you didn't think you could be and what you become the, that was the, the first before i even heard you do a bar all right be right where mm-hmm. yeah. i never went to a freestyle battle quick on the mic right <laughs> don't even know how to turn this on click on the mic <laughs> mind your fucking business i'm a dick on the mic <laughs> you know <laughs> oh my god i got a fever sick on the mic you know so so um before i even heard you do a bar i've heard you sing
2: Yeah.
0: holy fucking shit the guy that thinks he can't sing just goes to his place and destroys it subconsciously you know uh, um but the cool thing about you is you're so friendly it doesn't make anyone else shy from going up there and singing next and that's what you bring to the table and it's it's a stupid unrelated story it had nothing to do with what the fuck you were just talking about but yeah i felt like like we're rolling we're we're kicking it like a couple of fellas and i didn't want to um i didn't want that to get missed on the episode that i met you singing karaoke. karaoke and everything i needed to know about your personality before i knew how savagely talented you are as a rap artist savagely talented um i'm like i got this dude's back whatever you want to do <laughs> you know what i mean Thank you, you know? yeah, yeah
1: and, and it's refreshing well Be- that's it's funny you mentioned that about the karaoke's because um and like there are a few songs like if i know a song fully and i know i can do it i'm i'm I know I can like kill it if I know the song and right. it's in my wheelhouse. But then yeah. there's other songs I sing and it's, it probably would not sound good because it's not my style. It's not my wheelhouse. It might be too low or too high, and I I can't bullshit songs. No, but to, you like, can make know. it your own. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm good. I'm. I learned how to be good at that. And um, but one of the things you mentioned about how people like stop and they're like, wow when I was growing up doing musicals, there was like one or two kids who were phenomenal singers. They were so good. And it was the type of singing where we'd be practicing for a theater show. And there's this one kid who was like, <laughs> he, he was, he was, see where this is going. Go ahead. he was singing like this national anthem for all the town, whatever, since he was like eight, you know, and he was going over to like the Mariners games and singing the national anthem in Seattle. And like, he he was that good of a singer. And, we be doing our theater stuff, or whatever, and they practice a part, and everyone's talking, or whatever. And he starts singing, everyone just stops what they're doing, and they just listen and they watch. And this happened. It was like a couple months ago, or like last year, or like sometime during karaoke, where I was singing, and like it was like, cause the person that went up before, no one's, everyone's talking, drinking, like whatever. And there was a lot of people there, so everyone's talking and drinking, and then I went up and started singing. And then I hit the hook on, like, the Sam Smith song I sang, yeah, where yeah. I, I'm, like, belting that, like, high note. And I remember seeing everybody just stop doing everything. There. They even stopped the, drinking. Even the bartender doing like, making drinks. And, like, everyone started, like, watching me. And I had this, like, moment where I was like, damn, I've actually kind of become what I've always wanted to, like, be, at least with some of these songs that I'm doing and, like, how I've been vocally. And even one of my producers... Uh, we were at a writing camp not not too long ago, like a couple months ago, and they wanted me to like try singing some hooks or whatever. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll throw some, I'll sing some random stuff." So I started singing, and my producer, who uh, Caro, who who did the "That's My Shit beat, yeah, he hasn't heard me sing in a few years because we've just been doing rap stuff. And he was even like, "Damn, he's like, where did that come from?" He's like, "When did you become like a good singer?" And I'm like, "Because I've been doing. I think it's because of the karaoke, and I've literally been." Cause it's so different singing in your car or like singing on a mic, yeah. Compared to singing live, it's so different. It's like singing not, live is completely different. It it so is. And and yeah. and you never,
0: you 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 can never really measure the demographic of the audience coming in. Yeah. Very much like auditioning for a film, you need, like someone doing a two minute monologue or a minute and a half monologue, like cast and director knows probably within seventeen seconds yeah and the crowd like if you if you've been singing long enough you see the crowd and that's about 20 seconds 17 seconds that you're like all right they'll like this and they'll like that or whatever well they'll just stop and just
1: be like deer in the headlight kind of just like like mesmerized by something but there's nothing
0: wrong but getting back to what we were saying there's nothing wrong making something your own yeah right like a uh one of my go-to's I don't have a go we don't have go-to's anymore we just, sing, yeah, right? we just yeah, um but one of my go-to's in New York was This Is How We Do It Montel Jordan this right is this how we do and the host her name is Kristen Velasquez she never actually heard the original song oh really so one day after work she's a school teacher I think and one day after work she was on the radio and she's like I like J- I know the song but I like Jason better <sighs> because she was already tainted by right, what version. she thought was the original yeah. I, i'm not the original Montell jordan was the original but yeah. she had liked my version of the song um you've heard me sing all of me john legend
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the notes i'm not even going to be remotely close to you and and not even in the same stratosphere as john legend but taking a, a way to make that song mine
2: mm-hmm.
0: people stop drinking yeah people no stop and you, people stop and you chatting know it so well, yeah you know? people stop chatting, yeah i got a good I got a good I thought it would go with age, but I, as far as like memorizing lines, once I know the lines um you well, you know the lines by actually knowing the lines mm-hmm. so some Robbie de Niro said like if you're if you're reading a script, the best way to get off book is to know your lines, like when you know what you're saying, then you start talking and you might you might miss a there or a ad or, or a two or whatever or maybe an article mm-hmm. but if you know your lines you you, you know what you're saying so yeah and then, so getting off book is faster so that was that's just a technique yeah in understanding your script so um but yeah holy shit so white rapper transitions that's before your time <laughs> that's a weird question someone had i have a whole bunch of questions fan questions and shit like that right? yeah but um so White Rappers, first White Rapper I saw was, if you're not, if you're not considering Blondie doing Rapture, right? by um, um, right, Marky Mark? <laughs> nah, w- way before him was the Beastie Boys. Oh, Beastie Boys. Bunch of Brooklyn
1: yeah, yeah, cats, yeah. No, right? I know Beastie Boys. Then, I grew up listening, to, I had like one of their fucking uh, you know, cassette tapes.
0: And then Third Base, MC Search and... Um, Pete Nice, and the DJ Daddy Rich ended up becoming the more popular. Yeah, I know DJ he, Daddy Rich. I don't, but he I don't he, know the other he was their, he, that's how he cut his teeth. He okay. was their DJ for their first two albums. The Gas Face, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Um, Pete Nice is from Brooklyn, Search is from Queens. Okay. And two white rappers who were lyrically ahead of their time. And no one had, and they only did the two albums and then they broke up and then, did a couple albums and then mm-hmm. they were done but it was because they were doing kind of Kanye West shit in the 80s and they were white mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't what the move was the, yeah. the move was about um branding you know my adidas uh, um, big daddy kane you know um the smooth operator what more could you ask for ll cool j as hard as hell um and then all of a sudden gangster rap Right, started with New Jack City with Ice T, doing that little New York Jungle. Wesley Snipes of Marvin Peebles, or J- NWA Chuck J- 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 Nelson's right. then N W A, and then Ice Cube did his own thing. Easy, E mm. did his own thing. Dre did Snoop his own thing. Snoop came in, and then Dre yeah. came. Yeah. Well, Dre was. Yeah, the, yeah. Dre was the six degrees of separation, right? Right. Without Dre, there's no Eminem. Without Dre, there's no Snoop. Without Dre, there's no Tupac. Without Dre, there's no um um Fifty. Yeah. So think about that. He's the Kevin Bacon. Did, he's the did, Kevin Bacon of this shit. Who
1: else did Dre put on? He, he didn't. He. Uh, no. Okay. Jay Z put on Kanye. Yeah. i was seen that. Well, Jay Z yeah, is fucking Jay Z is just, man.
0: Yeah. The yeah. industry shunned me. That's why I'm Sean taking Paul, all of the industry's Sean, money. Right? Yeah. Just sweet honey. And then
1: there's a Sean Combs. Yes. Yeah. P, P Diddy. Diddy. Yeah. The thing I love most about P Diddy is he took the money that he made in his music, and he's the most. He's he's the richest rapper. Or like artists, even yeah, probably right now. Promoter, I think I mean, he's worth yeah. like what near like a billion because of his. Co- he put all his money into his companies. Yeah, he did. And yeah. he now he's like the richest fucking. If you look at it, like richest rapper, I'm, I'm sure P Diddy, Kanye's kind of money probably. Oh, uh, I gotta look that up now. Right <laughs> so, I think
0: this is where we gotta give Eminem his props.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He showed white America. That you don't have to talk about black things to hmm. be a good rapper. Well, that was a you don't of hear hip-hop. Eminem, but yeah. you don't hear Eminem talk about black shit. He talks about where he grew up and the way and his, his own lived. life experience. Yes, yeah. and and it became this transitional thing. And now, if you look on TikTok or you look at whatever, oh my, all everywhere you go, you see white rappers freestyling the fuck out of it. Yeah, and go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, twenty twenty two is is so different because it's not anyone's. It's not anyone's music, you know. I I feel like art in general shouldn't be any one person's anything, you know. Like I f- I feel like art is is should be uncontained by what people say it is. They're like, oh, this is only for this. It's like, like look who it is. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. Kanye will jump around that
0: that number. Hold on, wait thirty thirty richest rappers. This is better not be. If this is a slideshow, I'm a I'm a fucking throw my computer out the window, dude. Oh hell, not a hell with that.
1: Yeah, Kanye. Yeah, we ain't doing no. Type slash in shit. a P Diddy net worth. All right, let's do it. Because I, I know Kanye's numbers be j- like jumping back and forth. He's like, yeah. Well, he, P Diddy got gener- generational wealth. His kids, his grandkids, his great yeah, his great king, grandkids ain't got to worry about nothing. Oh um, nothing. Yeah, he's seven hundred and forty million dollars in twenty nineteen. So the last 2019, two nineteen, yeah. So he's probably near a billion if not more than a billion it was this one says nine, around nine hundred million yeah yeah he made so much money holy sugar from it's a lot of work for two three years two and a half yeah years. right that's what I'm saying like he's because he's such a good businessman yeah he he's is. so good with business where he took because like what artists only like Ariana Grande is one of the like largest selling artists in the world and she's maybe worth like like thirty million
0: right. I know his Jay Z because
1: the labels own everything.
0: But Jay Z, that was five hundred twenty million from two thousand fourteen. We know, we know. Come on, what?
1: Hold up! See, that's what I'm. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What the fuck, yo? Yeah.
0: No, we gotta slide this on the screen. You didn't? Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. That's why I
1: said Kanye's numbers might be different because he said he's a billionaire. And but at that shit, dude. Yeah, it's fucking crazy
0: oh sean combs i I can't even read the other one beyonce
1: and drake yeah
0: well beyonce and jay-z should be like combined (laughs) yeah they gotta be the only couple that you know that's not gonna split up right (laughs) right sharing their wealth yeah ice cube man he did he gained his wealth by actually create um not creating but going with that rivalry Right. Mm-hmm. It was a di- it was a case of divide and conquer, but you let a Jew break up my crew. You know, it was that was cute, dude. That song, there was a song called No Gasoline. Uh, oh, no yeah, Vaseline, yeah, no Vaseline. Yeah, yes, yeah. no Vaseline, just a match and a little bit of gasoline. Light them up, curl them up, flame on <laughs> till that Jerry Curl is gone. <laughs> but the beginning, I, I mean, straight out of Compton sets um, actually showed like the um, the chronology. Mm-hmm. And how that happened. But I lived through that time. I was in the Army at the time when NWA made that album about Ice Cube. like, so, uh, you know, you're a bitch. Uh, you know, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then Ice Cube, 19 songs. I'm listening to the whole album. I'm like, wow, he's seriously going to let them get away with that. And then the song number 20.
1: No, that's song, only... it. It ain't over, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> like, he thought I forgot about you. And the first bar was, God damn, I'm glad y'all set it off. You used to be hard. Now you just went soft. First, you was down with the AK. And now I see you on a video of Mich- Michelle <laughs> looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo and kept on stomping while y'all motherfuckers moved straight out of Compton. Whoa. Living way out one big uh, with a white dude in one big house. I'm like... It is the worst thing you could have said to a gangster rapper, even if he wasn't about that life. You just, you just destroyed their brand. Yeah. You destroyed their brand. You can't be a nigga for life crew with a white Jew telling you what to do. Man, that song with that just destroyed them. Absolutely destroyed them. And NWA didn't even make an album after that. Yeah, it was Niggas for Life, and then Ice Cube. Um, well, America's Most Wanted is what got him on the map by himself. But then he made a song, uh, album called Death Certificate. And he, that was controversial because he went straight up racist with the Koreans. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't mean to be racist. He was just saying that we're your biggest customers. You're in a store in an all-black neighborhood. Why, why are you treating us like shit? Why are you watching every damn move that I make? I'm in the store, you know. Um, that was an, another song, you know. Thinking every brother in the world's out to take so they watch every damn move that I make. <laughs> they hope I don't pull out a gat and try to rob their fucking little store, but bitch, I got a job. And we got all <laughs> the lyrics on love. Yeah, so, um, well, but it's in my like muscle. lyrics you
1: grew up with, yeah. But it's the... in my
0: muscle memory, right? right? Like, where I grew up, you had to call someone on the phone. I were no fucking cell phone. So, yeah. I, I don't remember my wife's number, but I remember my home phone number growing up.
1: Oh yeah, I still have my my home phone number. I got all my Do you friends. remember your home phone oh, number? Oh yeah, I remember all my yeah. friends' home phone numbers. Mm-hmm. I even they're like when we first got cell phones, I still remember like calling all my friends like from a home phone on their cell phone. So like I got like all my friends' numbers, cell phone numbers, my family's cell phone numbers. Like I still remember all that from when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, we just made two different files on Facebook problem with facebook is this is recorded like um um 590 like frames per second and facebook oh, is, really? facebook is like a 30 thing so mm-hmm. 15 minutes in it just starts looking choppy so i don't i do like a hook and until i find a way to get my tech back or someone shows me how to do it and i, I ain't doing no lot of stuff on facebook no more for, And for other reasons that we were talking about right, before right, right. yeah so what an interesting time man how did you fucking survive all this you moved here right and then this pandemic happens and then you know, you're still trying to find a way to be a creative artist and still trying a way to get noticed. Um, was it all? How much did social
1: media play, play a part in that? I mean, social media was kind of everything. Um, when, you know, the lockdown happened, mm-hmm. it was actually kind of nice because I made so much music during that. It was like, you know, I was just getting up, going to the gym, come home, work on music. And then the same thing with Younger, Hippie, and Hop. Right? You know, because we, we all worked out at the same gym. So we go to the gym, come home, hobby working on beats. Hippie would be working on tracks. I'd be working on tracks. And then, um, wow. When I ended up, it was during, uh, it was during the lockdown where, uh, Caro sent me like a few beats. And, uh, one of the beats was that. no, no, okay. With that beat, um, he was sending me stuff. And then I was, uh, I think we were on FaceTime or something. And he's going through beats on his, like, laptop. And then he hits one. He's like, yeah, I don't, uh, and he, he hits it, and I hear it, and then he skips it. I'm like, yo, yo, what the fuck was that? Because he'd he be holding out on me. <laughs> he be holding out. He, I would, like, send him, or, like, uh, he'll, he'll send me stuff. And then, like, later, we'll, he'll be, like, going through some beats. And I'm like, bro, that was hard. Like, why didn't you send me this? Oh, I didn't think you'd fuck with it. I'm like, every time it's a beat that he doesn't think I fuck with. Same thing with Hop, too.
0: It's like, don't think.
1: I, yeah, don't think. <laughs> just send me whatever the fuck it. I don't care if it has a Teletubby sample on it, like, just whatever it is. Like, just send it to me. Like, you'll never know if I like it. Like, I never know if I like it or, or not like it. So, I remember hearing that one. I was like, bro, send it to me, like, right now. So, he sends it to me. And, like, 30 minutes later, I, I sent him, like, the hook and the fucking, uh, the first verse. I sent it over to him, like, uh, f- for that song. It's like 30 minutes later, I sent it back. He's like, yo, this is fucking crazy. I'm like, yeah, I told you. It's like that. Yeah. And then, so I ended up, uh, like, finishing it. I finished that one pretty quick. And then, um, uh, and, when we, uh, and so the whole thing with like, uh, the the rocks, tequila, termana we tried it and I was like, yo, this is like, and like, I, we, you know, we love the rock. Like he's an amazing guy. Like in his work ethic is like insane. Yeah. That dude um, does everything. And he still hits the gym. He still eats healthy. He still, he does so much stuff. And he's still like a genuine person and yeah. seems to have energy every day. I don't uh, know
0: how. It's his father and it's Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah those dudes are about hard work. And then he came up in the business. His father was Rocky Johnson. Yeah. Um. His great his grandfather was the high chief Peter Maivia so he's a third generation superstar. Um. Really wanted to play football, right? Is that a story? He was. He was. Yeah. He, won, he wanted to play football. I think he, he had went, many uh, injuries. Um, he won a national championship with Miami with the Hurricanes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Okay. And then, uh, uh, yeah, McMahon. I, I know. I know Vince He's style.
0: completely empathetic too, because and sympathetic to people who are getting bullied because he also he was he grew up to kind of be a bully. Like, he was yeah. always hazing people and bullying people. And you, and it wasn't really hard for him to create the persona of the rock. Right. Uh, to to be that, where he did that and found a way to make it look playful and satirical. But um, I think because when you have that platform and, and people have all these opinions, you can't ignore all the noise. You do become hypersensitive. And I, I think, yeah. you know, he's, you're right. He, he's, he, he. He's trying to find ways to be a better version of himself every day. To, yeah. to my estimation, I'm on I'm way on the side, looking, way on the outside looking in. But in my experience, I know when people are trying to do that. I know when people value hard work. I know when people appreciate their being rewarded for their hard work. And most importantly, I know people that ingratiate themselves with a group of people that keep them that way because this is all coming back to you, you know, what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, right? Look at all, all all of the successful people. LeBron James, right? He has a group of people he rolls with, and if they're not producing, if they're not producing, yeah. they're not they're not with him. Yeah, They're not willing. And I think I could probably say the same thing about The Rock. If they're not producing, they're not with him, um, unless they're friends. Like you, your fr- your friends, you're in a situation they're with you because of your friends. But wow, as fate would have it, they're also producing, <laughs>
2: right? So. Yeah, as fate
1: would <laughs> have it. Yeah, we're all working towards the same goal.
0: Yeah.
1: The good thing about the pandemic
0: is you were uh, being single helped because mm-hmm. a single guy could be like, wait, I'm supposed to stay in my house and play video games for fucking four months until <laughs> they, I get a jab. I'm yeah. good. Let's ten do it. Months, <laughs> let's do it. Right? Yeah, ten months, eleven However months, twelve months, left. two yeah. masks, three masks, four masks, five masks. We can go all day on that.
1: Yeah. Um. But no, it was so it was during the pandemic where, or not pandemic, during the lockdown where um, Dwayne Johnson ended up like following me on Instagram and reposting my music and everything. So it was like, it was during that time. So a lot of people were like, oh, the lockdown was uh, detrimental to this. Or like, oh, the lockdown sucked. And I was like, bro, I. My lockdown. was, I was gonna like, say was where I blew somebody, up boy. during the lockdown. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, I I did really well during the lockdown. Yeah, me too. You know, me too because all of my all of my guests were in studio until the lockdown. Then Zoom, all of a sudden, like, you know, Sharif from Qatar, all mm-hmm. right, we could zoom from Doha. My boy Mackenzie, Dave Mackenzie was in um, I think Thailand. Okay. Boom. Tina Gurdina, who was in the Olympics, um, representing Latvia. We did that podcast. She was in Latvia, and well, she's here now because she's playing one more year yeah. at USC for Dane Bland for Beach. Okay, so I was limited. I mean, there's something very organic about us sitting in a room and doing this, and it just and it'll and it's always going to feel better to have someone in the room yeah. and you're chilling and we're drinking and this and that. But it enhanced the star power of my guests yeah. that were unable to fly in or just. Yeah, because now they money. have
1: the time to just be able to do it online real quick yeah. instead of flying out, coming over. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: for volleyball, my guest list is, rock, is, is really cool. It's a rock star. There's another podcaster within the game. He does only like the top players. And and, and for him, I say good for him because I think there's more colors. There are people, oh, the top players aren't the, aren't the only ones that have a story to tell.
1: Right.
2: You there's know? other stories. Absolutely. Other, yeah. I'm not
0: calling him ridiculous, but the idea that the only way you could succeed is only by talking to people who are the the best of the best. Um, is a mistake because yeah. there are people who, who make things happen on on a more human level that we we respect. Yeah, there's that romanticism, where you, um, where your hero is not endowed with these superpowers. He's Bruce Willis. He's just a cop from New York trying to survive. Remember Die Hard? Right. Yeah, right? I remember Die Hard. That. That's a, that's that's that kind of virtue. That's a different kind of hero. He doesn't. You know, he can't move planets and he's, you know, uh, Wonder Woman, right? She can't, he can't block bullets with his bracelet. He doesn't have a lasso that makes men tell the truth, which is... I guess kind of fun. Um, yeah, he's that right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk
1: about superheroes.
0: Yeah, um, right. A whole Yeah, talk. come <laughs> on, man. There's I, well, I'm, I'm a club coach, and I call one of my players Wonder Woman, and oh, I, yeah. I wanted them to make sure it was okay with her parents. You know, call them, having that nickname, but she's taller than the rest of the girls. She's 13. She's 5'10", Damn. Um, and she stands. Her mother probably told her not to hunch. Yeah. Don't don't be doing this just to roll with the pack. You know, do this right. If you want, if you want, if they want you to be an ensemble person, you stand straight. And if they they, they should have fucking had you for the lead. Mm-hmm. And and she stands like she fights like she's fighting crime. Yeah. So she got to appreciate that that um depiction. That's sort of but so that's her nickname. And I'm like, you're a superhero. You could block bullets with bracelets, right? Your your family comes from gods. You you have a rope that makes men tell the truth. What more? What more could be ideal for a female for a female volleyball player slash superhero? So, yeah. So um, what's up,
1: What's up, What's up next with you? So right now, um, uh, we're finishing some like legal stuff and whatever. But we're we're trying to release a single, uh, for this album I'm working on called uh, Milestones. Okay. And, um, I don't know exactly how much I can talk about the album, but, uh, the album, like I, I was telling you earlier about the whole like purple theme, like everything I've, I've been rocking. So I was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. upset I didn't have any of the, that on me, <laughs> like I always do. So, um, but it plays into, um, so the, 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 positive side of like the, the meaning of the color purple is, um, uh, like, like fame and luxury and riches and uh, just like living a, like a lavish lifestyle, but then the negative connotations of the color purple are like pomposity and decadence and arrogance. And so the album kind of plays within that that theme of trying to achieve the luxury and fame without falling into the pomposity and decadence and the negative connotations of 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 how to get there. Right. So I'm um, basically the album is kind of like telling my story of like. Of, and it's called Milestones because there's certain milestones I've, I've hit throughout the last few years of, of not only my music growing, but myself growing. And then that helps my music grow. So it's just like cycle. Yeah. And uh, there's this like overlining a uh, theme within the album called like turning moments into milestones and then milestones become a moments. So we had this cool, uh, we had this really cool design. I'm waiting to come out for the album, but it's it's, it's awesome. And uh, that just kind of plays, uh, everything kind of like laps into each other. So it's kind of got like this infinity sign. And um, it's, it's, when, it, when it comes out, I'll always, you know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I, and,
0: I, and I think it's so relatable in the sense that it's a topic that everyone wants to know about, but at the same time, not everyone wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion early in the podcast about playing the validation game. Yeah. Like someone looking past you after you paid all those dues, you become resentful, you become spiteful, and you start saying, Fuck you, I did this, I did that, I did this. And then you become what you despise. Yeah. So that's what is the segue or the um gateway. Gateway drug to arrogance. Right. To pomp to pompous nature. Um because you feel like you have to gas yourself up for people to respect you. Mm-hmm. Um so it comes from this. A lot of that stuff comes from this honest, hardworking place. That's a, that's one type of arrogant person that doesn't even know, at many times that they become what they despise. Exactly. They don't. They don't want um, There's ha- there's people out there they don't want to be that person. Yeah. And then there's some people that they're born to be that way. Maybe they didn't work hard. Maybe they did. Um, I'm here. You're there. So what? You know, do do yeah. some do something with your life. You know, those. Yeah. And so there there that there, there's so many colors that allow you to explore as an artist. Um. That is going to have people critique your songs um but and at the same time see where you're coming from.
1: And what's cool about that is uh all the negative connotations we're actually shooting a short film. Uh we're going to be shooting soon, but we're working on the script right now, the screenplay for the short film. The short film is going to go with the album, but it's going to be mm-hmm. um a uh premonition of what I wouldn't want to happen to reaching that, like we as we were talking about with the pomposity and, yeah, and like reaching that. So, uh, the short film is going to be playing the negative side of what could happen. And like one of my fears of what could happen, right. Where, I, you know, I'm surrounded by people. I don't want to be around I'm I'm the person I don't want to be because I work, I try to work so much on like being a better person. I don't want, I don't want to hit a different route and be somebody I didn't want to be. You nah, know? No doubt. Yeah. Wow. That's, so many. Can you appreciate how you could bang out like
0: twenty songs from that? Because it's so many different colors. We just we just talked about two completely different, different things. Yeah. Um, that shape that kind of person. Yeah. The, the person. Again, it's the person that they either wear it proudly, or
1: they're unaware that they became what they despise. Yeah. And I I think a lot of that is plays into like inter, introspection and how well you can. Look at yourself objectively and not subjectively, and not who, where you're, who you're gonna be after you reach your goal, but like who you are now. So yes. I feel like a lot of people throw that aside, where they they're like, oh, I can be this person for now because down the road I'm gonna be doing this for everybody. I'm gonna be giving back. I'm gonna be doing this, but you know, you be chasing that your whole life, yeah. And then your entire life, you're just somebody you don't want to be because you're trying to reach to. A, a goal of a point of oh I can be that person later. Right. Yeah. I, I gotta be this person now. But like how long does that last for?
0: I don't know. Maybe it maybe it never happens. Maybe um if people take a better mental approach, embracing the journey as opposed to the destination, they could have a better time at it and 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 appreciate the highs and lows. That's something I learned. It's, yeah. not, it's not it's not the end game. It's 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 actually the journey itself. So Yeah, absolutely. Um very much applies to theater we were just talking about theater we we're mm-hmm. talking about singing just two, two kinds of theater the Sanford Meisner and like Stanislavski where if you're doing a scene right and you get up and move across the room you need a reason to yeah before you do it yeah because that's their style and then there's Michael Chekhov which is like nah fuck that just get up move across the room come back move across the room again come back see how it feels Explore the why and figure yeah. out, and figure out the why organically. And when you figure out the why organically, it makes you a better a better performer. So, and of course, I'm making one sound a little bit more noble than the other, but that's just two different ways it's two to different out, ways to skin so, to skin yeah. that cat. So, wow, man, you hot? You hot yet? You yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of hot in here, Yeah, this yeah, studio. <laughs> uh, that's that backlight, man. I want to make sure everybody sees this this handsome face. That's fair. That's fair. Before we go, is there an Instagram handle or anything? Um, people want to know more about
1: you. Yeah, so my artist name is Dive with a Y. So it's D Y V E. And my most of the time if you type that in on Instagram, you'll see me and it's only Dive. Nice. That's my Instagram handle. So You want
0: to do a bar about this fucking room? (laughs) And about how how hot it is. (laughs) You're like, hmm, nah. (laughs) All right. So check it out, people. My dude Dive might love you, but I don't love you. In fact, I'm out of here, dude. In fact, I can't stand any of y'all, so for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads, for all of you on your iPhone at Starbucks, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world, old school, old school, for my boy Dive, I'm so glad to have you on, this is episode 129, this is the Option Podcast, I'm Jason DeBilius, stay with me, I'm going to hit my music, you can tell I'm teching my own show, (laughs) we're out.